Welcome, welcome back for a special episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. Daniel and Josh with you, and it's our third annual top 10 shows of the year episode, about a week and a half past where we usually do it. And it's it's an action-packed episode, Josh, but I wanted to jump it off by talking a few things, Peaky, here with you. And you know, you're the one that sent me a couple of these little tidbits and headlines. It's it's like we speak it into existence, right, Josh? We talk about when there's a lull in the news cycle with Peaky, Stephen Knight knows just when to post an article or just when to do an interview with Empire, or you know, they, they just know exactly when and where to jump themselves back in as a new article came out talking all about the movie that is going to finally, I don't know, come out, who knows when. But it's, it's, it's weird to tell us that, and yet still, here we sit, end of January, and we don't have a date for the Feb- supposed February release of the show. It's just very unusual, even for BBC standards. It's very unusual. It's also very unusual for the show to kind of like have it strung along this way. I don't really know what their end goal and why they're trying to do it this way, but it's just we just want some clarity. So a couple of little things to jump on here at the top, just some updates for all you Peaky fans that aren't uh subscribe to the notifications whenever Peaky Blinders gets tweeted about. <laughs> it's what we're here for. But uh, Empire Magazine had an exclusive on January 17th that was um, an interview with Stephen Knight, basically breaking some news, but at the same time reaffirming what we had already predicted. And that's that the movie will be set deeper in the future past World War II is essentially what the article says. Um, it was about how Stephen Knight assumed that his drama would end with the first air raid sirens over Birmingham to start World War II. But instead, he says those plans have changed. And I think we're all, I don't know, we're all pretty uh, on the same side that it's going to be something with the children grown up, right? The new age of the Peaky Blinders in this movie. I I think so, but that would just be like way too corny for my liking. Like, I just... I just don't love that. What else could what else can he do though? We don't want there to be we know that we know that we want the story of these characters that we know and love to end at the end of season six, right? We're in agreement there. Yeah, it's just like it would kind of just be like very it, it almost would have no per, no point and it would defeat the purpose of having but that's like why a, they do this bullshit. You, I know. Have you heard of did you ever watch the show here? We're, we're doing an episode all about TV shows today. One of my favorite shows when I was in high school, you know when I was like 15, 16, was a show on Showtime called Ray Donovan. It was about a badass Mm. fixer who would get hired by celebrities to try to clean up bad things that they did. It was played by Liev Schreiber. It then went on for like eight seasons. I stopped after like season four or five. And now Showtime just released a Ray Donovan movie. Like what's what's the point? To make more money probably, right? Yeah, but it's just like, it never works out well, is all I'm saying. There hasn't been one, right? There hasn't been one show turned into a movie that has been like better than the show. Not even close. Never, yeah. I, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, so this is what, what Knight says, quote, I don't know what's going to happen until I get to writing, which means he hasn't written any of the Great. movie yet. Yeah, awesome. Which I'm happy with, right? Because yeah, his focus is on like- season six. But then why is there so much talk about the movie? I, exactly. About the show. Why exactly. can't we know when the season's coming out? It's very it's, interesting. We, we're focused on season six, and we haven't gotten any clarity as to an official release date. We know a time period, but like, what's like, what's the harm? And my thought is they're not done. 
you know, that they're, they're kind of hedging their bets a little bit. It's, it's interesting because it kind of comes right on the heels. And this is the other thing I wanted to talk about of the prequel ballet, Peaky Blinders, the redemption of Thomas Shelby. Um, what do we think about this? What do we think about turning Thomas Shelby's adventures into a ballet performance, which I think arguably would be better than if they did a musical. Yeah, I was going to say, if it was a musical, it would have been absolutely atrocious. I would not see that. It's amazing because I don't know how many of you have seen the the Disney show Hawkeye, um, one of the Marvel TV shows, but they, they almost make fun of themselves in the opening scene of the first episode where they make um, all of the stuff from the Avengers movie into a musical and they go and see it on Broadway and it's this entire elaborate, ridiculous scene. And so that's almost feels like what R- Rambert Dance is is doing here it just doesn't feel like good timing why is all this happening a month before the season starts right it's weird it's off it's a little off and 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 funny enough this comes exactly one year it's been a wild weekend right this january 15 16 martin luther king weekend here is the one year anniversary of killian murphy's haircut to announce the beginning of filming so they started filming one year ago okay all right now when all said and done if it takes only one year from the beginning of filming or the beginning of makeup, which might not even be the first day of filming, whatever, the the beginning of makeup and roll call to when the season comes out 13 months later, that's all things considered not that bad. I think maybe they were giving us too many updates, Josh, right? Too many updates. Agreed. Definitely. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of like, we we wanted the updates and like we were happy with them, but it was kind of like they were giving us updates that were no updates. It was like update that there is no update. You know what I mean? So then now that we're finally getting updates with actual substantial and substantive updates. We're getting excited, but we just don't still don't know enough. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, and I think maybe it was the fact that they were working so quickly in the filming, we thought, oh my goodness, they're going to speed it back to us. And instead, it's just a normal timeline of the kind of 13-ish months. Um, but those were a couple of things I wanted to talk about there. Let's, let's jump into what, what we're here for. And this is, a, this is a year in 2021 that I think people watched more TV. And I guess you can kind of pile in 2020, 2021, more TV. And more TV was made in 2021 than we have seen in a while because of all those shows like Succession, that we've been waiting for and kind of pounding our heads against the wall, like Yellowstone, two shows that are at the top of my list that I love, you know, near and dear to my heart. But it's just an instance where all of those shows that got postponed finally came out in Peaky's, you know, and maybe Atlanta and Day, uh, not Dave, Barry, a couple other instances. We're going to get it in 2022, the same kind of thing. But it's it's one that may, may be a lot to do with where we were when we watched it, right? When you talk about your top 10. So let's jump right into it, Josh. You know, for those of you that are not new to this podcast, Josh is not, you know, as TV obsessed as I am. Last year, did you even, did did you, I think you got 10. I got 10. Look, I love TV. It's just that sometimes I haven't been able to dive in as much as I, I used to be able to. I still do love TV. I still watch a lot of Netflix, HBO Max, you know, all those great shows. Um, so I was able to, uh, to scour the bottom of the barrel to 
There we go. The Josh found 10. And I, I want to correct what I said. It's not that he doesn't love TV as exactly, much. It's that exactly. he hasn't watched as many new shows. Exactly. Josh spent a lot of time this year watching, what, Sopranos? Yes. And, uh, yes. and Seinfeld and some of these older things. Which yes, exactly. I, I, I love going back and, and watching some of the, the older stuff. But for me, I'm kind of like Barney Stinson in one of my favorite shows of all time, How I Met Your Mother, where new is always better. I don't know why, but if there's a new show like Yellow Jackets on Showtime that Everyone's can't make my list, can't make my list because it's a 2021 show in my mind because I watched it in 2022. I mean, 2022 show and the finale just came out in 2022. It's it's fucking addictive. Yeah, it's, I a mean, 20, it's a 2021 show. Is it? I got. I gotta say that the deck goes in 2021. You started okay. in 2021. The only the no, I didn't. Was I didn't start in 2021. Well, the finale was only in 2022. I think the final three episodes of the season, so three of the ten, were in 2022. Oh no, that's 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 a 2021 show. Easy. I think I think you could take it in both ways, but I have only watched yeah, it in yeah, 2022, so I am not going to put it. Now, would it be somewhere on my list? Maybe, but it's easier to just not think about it. Speaking of PJ Harvey, has Fair. some music in Yellow Jackets, which is okay, which is a nice okay. little tie-in. But Fred there's just things like that where, yeah, exactly. We got we to bring it back to PJ Harvey. But when people are telling me about a new show, I want to watch it immediately. And that dives right in to my number 10 show, something that I didn't even sniff an idea of what this could be until one of my best friends tells me, you just have to watch it. And I, I remember seeing, you know, Amazon Prime loves to advertise their shit. And usually their stuff is not very good, but they advertise the hell out of this comic book turned... Um animated show that's kind of an r-rated anti-superhero show called invincible and that's going to be my number 10 it's got the who's who we, we've had an episode talking about this josh of just which names aren't on this show that are a-listers in hollywood it's 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 a very very good show kind of about superheroes where like the superman in america is actually like not a good guy behind the scenes kind of like the boys amazon prime's kind of grabbed that that monopoly on that so i've got invincible as my number 10 it okay. was a very well-known comic book um back in the uh in the 20th century and now it's uh it's, it's fucking good it's really good it's it sounds like it sounds like it's kind of one of those like satirical comic with like, exactly. kind of like as you said boys that the new one on hbo called peacemakers i think it's what it's called with john Steen. yeah that one's more of a i think that one's more of like a spin-off from suicide okay. squad but i do think got it's it. somewhere in that light where like i, I don't know i started watching peacemaker um, and it doesn't have that same style because it's more just all about John Cena, where this one is, it's obviously an animated show. So they can kind of just, they just, it, it's just, a, it's a good watch. I do have a couple animated shows um, as I usually do on my top 10, but that's number 10 invincible. What about you? All right. So my number 10 uh, is a, is a, it's a, it's a singular season of a show um, that's been, been around for, for quite some time. It's really bad good television like it's one of those shows where it's so bad that you like it and you can't stop watching um Listen, and that's all i i i'm not gonna discredit i almost put outer banks on my list so i'm there's no fine. way that i don't know i'm saying i don't stand on any feet in saying that right there's no there's such thing in my opinion as, as having bad tv that you like it no for sure on, for sure ahead. so that's all american for me so all american if you don't know is a is a, a show on i forgot what it's what it's, it's on, on netflix no, no, but it's but it's on it's it's it, oh, it airs it's like on CW TV or first. something, right? CW, yeah, it's on CW. Um, it kind of highlights. It's kind of like a Friday Night Lightsy kind of vibe with much worse acting. Um, it's a major soap opera. Yeah, highlighting the uh, life of a, of a high school athlete, Spencer James. Um, 
who plays a, an African-American who's from, who's from Compton. He's from Crenshaw, which is the uh, LA, very uh, impoverished LA area, very, very dangerous and gang violence. And he plays for like a prep school. Um, and it, it's kind of like the, the, the drama that goes on in, in the show. Um, what's his name? Who plays the, um, the main character? I'm totally blanking out the actor. He's, a, he's like a singer. An All-American? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched like two, three episodes a couple of years ago, and it was not for me. Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Oh, Tay Diggs yeah. He's, plays, he's great. Plays his coach. Um, he's, he's fine. He's, 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 not, he's not a great actor, but he's good in this. Um, so it's, it's really entertaining. Uh, it's football. I like watching the football aspect of it. Um, it's definitely not the greatest acting. It's very corny, very corny because they have to cater because they're high school kids. Um, but it's, but it's very, it's very good. I like the plot. Um, it incorporates the football, like the real world aspect. There's a lot of like, so, like racial injustice message messaging going on, which is very timely for, uh, what's going on in the world. So all American comes in at number 10 for me. All right. So that goes into nine and I'm realizing that I do have a little bit of a theme here. And I think it's because I wanted to laugh more in 2021 than, than kind of watch like the super serious, scarier stuff. So my number nine is also a bit of a satirical show. This one is not animated. It's on Hulu and I love it. It's, it's the greatest. It's, it's called The Great and it's about Catherine the Great and her husband, um, the King of Russia, Peter. And it's just, it, it's two seasons now. Season one came out back in 2020. Season two was in, in November, 2021. And Elle Fanning is the main character. She is ridiculously talented. But the, the reason why this show is so good is because Nicholas Holt, who you, you might have to Google to see his face, but you, you know who he is kind of thing, right? From X-Men, from Mad Max. Um, yeah. He is so fucking funny. Is so good at just like, I, I, love, I love killing people and I love sex and I don't love anything else. And that's just the, the style of like these, these leaders in the 18th century, especially in Russia. And I'll tell you what, the, the quick wit of this show has it in the top 10. I wanted to put it higher, I really did, but I've got it at nine. It, it's one okay. of those where like, it, it, yes, I'm gonna keep it at nine. I think seasons three and four could definitely creep up higher and higher. It's, it's just, it's starting to gain its steam here. And, and I've got it in my top 10, which is tough because my, my honorable mentions was not, not fun. These, these shows are going to be mad at me for not putting them in the top 10. <laughs> it happens. It's tough. It's tough. So, I mean, it sounds good. I haven't seen it, but I uh, definitely want to check it out. Um, my number nine is another kind of corny, but very cute, adorable show. If you want to watch, you know, with your significant other, and that is Emily in Paris. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned that you watch Emily in Paris. I think it's a really, really well done show. I think the production is really good. It really makes me want to go to Paris. Very super badly. happy show. Super yeah, very happy show. show. Also, there's there's some drama and there's some sad. It's corny, but Lily Collins plays a very you know spunky, you know quick witted, uh, very bright um, American who who uh, comes over from a marketing firm in America to kind of provide a, a American influence to 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 France. It's kind of, they're kind of like a, a a subsidiary of the major marketing company in America. And she comes and she works and she has to learn French and she has a pretty, she has some rude awakenings and stuff, but it's really good. It's, it's great. Adorable. It's great. Amazing outfits. If you are a fan yeah. of fashion in any way, it's actually Phil Collins, daughter, the, yes. the, you know, the well-known guitarist and singer. And she is 
She actually just made a tiny appearance at the end of the Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm season I was just watching the other day yeah. <laughs> for like half a second. But it's uh, it, it kind of has that Ted Lasso vibe, right? Like a yeah. middle of America, you know, hodunk maybe style of, of, of living and very, you know, Midwest charm going to another country. And, yeah. and I, we'll talk Ted Lasso in a little bit. I've got him pretty high, them pretty high up on that list. But I, I love Emily in Paris. It didn't Great quite show. make my cut. Um, but it was just a fun watch. I think I watched it on like two plane rides over one day, just yeah. all 10 episodes. Very quick, very quick. 20, right through 25 it. to 35 minute episodes, very quick. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that's what I liked about both of mine as well. 10 and nine were both quick watches. And maybe that's another trend because my number eight show is also a bit of a 20 minute, it's a 20 minute show. It's the first anime show and maybe the only anime show I'll ever watch. But for some reason, I'm so hooked that I have to give it a, a shout out. It started in 2013. It's only available on like Cartoon Network now. If you want to watch the American dubbed version or you go on and, and you watch it on YouTube, it's called Attack on Titan. And it was this very famous manga, 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 I don't know. It's like a graphic novel in Japan. And it is, uh, it's kind of like Game of Thrones where they've got like 15 main characters. They build it out really well. It's about a city that is walled in to protect itself from the monsters outside it. But then as you learn more and more, those monsters didn't quite come from outside the city. And, you know, the main character, they, they do a really good job with the voices and everything. But that's one of those that I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to convince you to try to watch this, but it was just a trust thing with one of my buddies that said, Hey, check this out. And with, you know, 18, 19 minute episodes, Josh, you can kind of just bang through it. I, I will say when it comes to animation, I don't have as strict of a, dubbed versus sub stance as if you're watching a show like squid game which we'll talk about in a little bit where if you're watching that in english i don't want to you know i don't want to converse with you right now you know you got to watch that in, in its original text but when it's animated i don't mind having the, the lips not necessarily match as much and that way i can kind of burn through it faster while doing some work yeah i totally agree i mean squid game is definitely on my list so we can talk about that we will. We'll, we'll post we'll push that one what's your aim yeah so my number eight is actually Ted Lasso. Ooh. Um, I'm sure yours is much higher. On, yeah, let's the wait. List. Then let's let's push the Ted Lasso talk yeah, for when so I talk about it. That's that's, that's my number one. eight. And, What's and your I'll, seven? I'll explain why it's lower on my list. Obviously, it's all relative. These are top ten shows of the year. Yeah. I've watched more than ten shows. That when we were going down the list, I was talking about how I absolutely hated some shows. Like I hated Big Mouth this year. I didn't like the Flight Attendant. Like those were some of just seasons that I just did not like at all. So I didn't put them on my list. But um, my number seven is Narcos, the second season of the Mexico story. Just think it's so brilliant, brilliantly done. Um, the acting is great. I love, you know, the way that they, they're, they're costume. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's in it. He does a great job. He's El Kitty. He's one of them, the, uh, the Ed Narco juniors. Um, it just really accurately depicts the story, I feel like, because I end up, I'm one of those people that when I watch something that's based off a true story, I look it up as I go. Really? It seems like it's very accurately depicted. The actors look a lot like their their uh, counterparts that they're supposed to be playing. A little El Chapo um, in there, right? Yeah, I haven't El seen Chapo's this season yet, it. I will say. Yeah. It's not on my so, list. I haven't seen see. I, I, I'm You'll in the middle see. of season three of Very of Mexico. Well um, I, I, I really liked it, so it comes in at number seven for me. It's a good one. Um, we could jump into my seven here, which is a show that was middle-reviewed season one on Apple TV+. Plus. I enjoyed it. Um, and then once the hubbub came out about how season two was like, reviewed upon as this critics delight one of the best seasons of any tv show since mid game of thrones i was really excited 
and it, it lived up to the expectations. And it's it's an alternate reality space drama on Apple TV Plus called For All Mankind. And I want to yeah, say I talked about this. I talked, I've talked about this. It was actually on my uh, top 10 when I did it back in June. I did an episode by myself, just the first half favorite shows. Attack on Titan, Invincible also made that list. And so For All Mankind, season two, it's, it's, it's set in like the, the 70s where Russia gets to the moon first. That's the only switch up. It's not like the Nazis won the war like that other show, Man in the High Castle. It's purely everything is very realistic except the space hunt didn't stop. It's not like, you know, we got to the moon first and everything kind of stopped. Instead, who can be the first country to get a woman to the moon? Who can be the first country to get a face to the moon? Who can send soldiers to the moon? And it just continued. And there were some wild, wild episodes in season two. And and I would say maybe recency bias has other shows ahead of it. But For All Mankind season two was a delight for me at seven. I'll roll right into six. You talked about Emily in Paris. I think 2021 was a big year for French shows. There was a big one called Call My Agent that went viral on Netflix. And then this one that I actually had as my number one show of the first half of 2021. And it's called Lupin, L-U-P-I-N, Lupin. And it's an yeah, it's people a quick, rave about it. Amazing. Quick little Netflix show. The first the first five uh five episodes came out in January. And then the second five episodes, they split it up into two parts, came out in June. And it's about a uh uh, you know, a black French spy who kind of has a hero in almost like a Sherlock Holmes style character called Arsène Lupin. And it's a gentleman thief. That's kind of the theme of it. And I love that gentleman, you know, Kingsman, those kind of movies. Mm -hmm. That's always got a special spot in my heart. Um, so Lupin is, uh, is my number six show. I like your French accent. It's very, Thank you. It's very, it's very, it's very refined. French. I am French. So I will say very, my grandmother, actually? my grandmother's French. Yeah. She's from North Africa. Okay, well, okay. I've okay. met her before. I've, I've, yeah, yeah. I've heard her speak. French. A lot of I my know, family. I know it was French. It's, is it like Tunisian? Tunisia is the country, yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if that's it, was, it was a French colony um, when she was born, yeah. All right, all right. So Daniel's French. You learn something new every day. There we go. I'm French. All right, let's get into your, right. uh, what are you So my number six is Objects. the show Made, M-A-I-D, like, like, a, like a cleaning maid. You haven't seen this. I Tell highly, us about Made. Highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's very dark, but it could also has uplifting, uplifting qualities. It's starring Margaret Qualley and Nick Robinson. Margaret Qualley is like the main character and, and, and her daughter. And then actually Margaret Qualley's mother, Andy McDowell kind of plays like a very crazy character is actually her mother in the show. Um, and it's a really good combination. Um, Nick Robinson plays, you know, kind of like the deadbeat, uh, ex-boyfriend father of this, of, of the daughter. He's an alcoholic. Um, he can't really get his act together. He kind of has, it's, it's like domestic abuse towards her. She moves out. She's on her own. She, she gets a job as a maid cleaning very, a very affluent, things. affluent neighborhood. And she's just trying to get by with her daughter and kind of, it just, it's a, it's a very short, you know, I think it's like eight episodes of, you know, her trials and tribulations to try to, you know, provide for her daughter. And she goes That's to these halfway amazing. actual mother, daughter in real life. Actual, no, it's not actual mother, daughter, but like, it's, I think it's it mother, is. mother, no, no, well, well, actual mother, daughter, and then then there's like a, a toddler, right? No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's Andy McDowell was actually Margaret yes. Qualley's mother, He's actually Margaret, Margaret, uh, Margaret Qualley of Leftovers fame, which is one of my favorite shows ever, and a lot yes. of people on HBO. I think that she was one. dating Pete Davidson for like a second, but I could be wow. Now she's in a 
She's in a high list of Yes, of, she was dating superstars. Pete Davidson for like 35 seconds, like a few months <laughs> ago, but that obviously ended quickly because he's now dating Kim Kardashian. But anyways, very good show. It's sad. It's also uplifting. Very good acting. Um, it takes place in like the Pacific Northwest, like the like the Oregon. It's somewhere, definitely somewhere in Oregon or like Washington State area. So really cool kind of scenes um, within like that forest area. It's like where they live, like the suburbs. Um, but very good. So that, that rounds it at number six. She does a tremendous, tremendous job of playing the role. Is there... And this is the question I found myself asking a lot: Is is it all dark, or are there light no. moments? There's there's moments of happiness where you know things are going well for her, and it kind of ends up on a, it ends up on a pretty good vibe. I can't tell if there's going to be another season or not, um, but it's not all dark. Um, she's really trying to you know do it do well for for her kid. There's some people that try to help along the way where she gets opportunities and stuff, so it's really good. All right, the maid number six for me. Um, uh... Going into the top five now, and a, a Hulu show that I've talked about on this podcast before that is authentic and hilarious. It's called Reservation Dogs, and it's any relation set. to Reservoir Dogs? No, but maybe a, a hat tip. But it's okay. it's about a, a group of friends, Native American teenagers, set in a reservation in Oklahoma, and they're all authentic. You know, a lot of the actors have no IMDb credits at all. They are just reservation you know citizens and and it's the everyday struggle of being a teenager in a reservation but also going through normal kind of friend breakup stuff it's almost like a hangout show really okay. fun really quick 28 29 minute episodes on hulu reservation dogs is my number five and my number four goes in the same light and we i don't have to talk too much about it because you either are part of the dutton family or you're not part of the dutton family and it's yellowstone Yellowstone is uh, it's a masterpiece. I'm surprised it's number four for you, considering it, you're obsessed with that show. I am obsessed with it. I, I don't say I don't think it's the strongest season by a lot. That's why it okay. might even be the weakest season, and yet it's still a top five show for me this year. You were on the bandwagon before anyone else. This has nothing to do with top 20, 21 shows, but you were on Yellowstone way before the hype kind of hit. I did get lucky. I did. I did get stumble upon it. I watched the episode one when it aired on Paramount Network okay. like five years right. ago. Right. So, and it's just great. And Kevin Costner is a god. And as a baseball fan, you're the same, right? Of he's course. he's a movie hero he in everything. I mean, he's been in multiple baseball, multiple sports things. And this is he brings the sports style into Yellowstone. It's succession for people in Montana. That's as simple as that. It, you know, we'll talk about succession. I've got that, but. Um, that's my number four. What's your number four? Well, I still have to put my number five. Oh, you give me give me your five. Got a little way too excited there, Dave. I know. I wrapped around. I, I did a little but, snake uh, wrap. So my number five is Dave. Just Dave, Dave. amazing season again. He, uh, Lil Dicky just does, does a great job of portraying his character. Um, there was, it's, it, it obviously has like its moments of being very dark and it's like comedic sense. But the episode where he goes to... I forgot what the very famous producer's house. Benny Blanco. No, not no, well, not Benny Blanco. Is when he goes. Oh, the, the fake guy. one. No, he's real. The one where he goes into the little cocoon. Yeah, that guy's real. Okay, well, I don't remember his name either. Um, I'll I'll find it when when it you're just, doing your. I, I think it had one of the strongest finishes. Dave was a great watch. Yes. I think it's it, it was definitely a, a oversight on my behalf to not have Dave. 
But you know what? We always have. We have oversets. I'm happy you were able to put them on so that we could talk about no, this the, tremendous the the show. Season, the end of the season was great. I cried. The, the, the fact that they're able to take a show that's supposed to be kind of curb-esque, where it's just like satire and, you know, improv, but then actually turn it into plotlets that develop and they're deep is what I think is the most underrated aspect of Dave. Phenomenal show. That's why I have it uh, coming in. Uh, at, at number five for me. And that since you already did your number four, and speaking of Curb, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm this season was just elite television. It gets it was better really every good. year. Um, the whole plot line of uh, the fence pool, like the, the fence around the pool law where you know, the guy falls into the pool and he basically extorts. Uh, yeah, let's hold on. If you haven't seen it, skip ahead maybe a minute here, you know, like spoilers. But yeah, I, I thought I, I, everything with Irma, it was very cringy. I, it did, I, did, I just didn't put it on my list, Josh, because there were two characters in this season that I just didn't really enjoy watching. Everyone loved the, the actress, whatever her name was. The, well, you know that she's British and like, that's why she was so good. I'm sure, but I mean, people thought it was hilarious. I was, it was so cringy. It was like, That's it was a very cringe. It was, and people love that. It wasn't my cup of tea this season. All the other scenes that didn't include Irma and Maria Sophia, that was her name. Everything yeah. else was awesome for me. Well, yeah, it, I mean, Bill Hader's, two, Bill Hader's cameo was oh, amazing. Best, best episode of the Splendid. season. Splendid. 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 Yeah, so I'm not going to go in more in depth with that, but Curb, great season. So that's uh, coming in at number four for me. Okay, we'll wrap it around then. What's your three? My three is going to be Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, um, Mayor, Mayor uh, has my honorable mention. Yeah, Kate Winslet uh, did an amazing job in this season. I'm blanking out on all the other actors. Uh, Evan Peters was, was amazing in this season. I think well. it was mainly them two that kind of stole the yeah. show. Julian Nicholson was the friend who's, spoiler alert, for, for Mayor. We're going to talk a little bit maybe loosely about Mayor. I think the, the finish wasn't my favorite, but it's one of those things where when you're in a mystery, kind of like Yellow Jackets right now, people are going to be upset when a mystery is, is revealed or not revealed. I'm just happy that Mayor answered the question, right? Because imagine if they just didn't tell you at the end who, who, who committed the murder. No, I know. It, it, it would have been annoying. And I thought that, that was, it was going down that path. Yeah, we're trying to keep it. We'll, we'll keep it pretty vague there because I know it's, it's certainly maybe not a show. Gene Smart was great in it, the grandma. Yeah famous yeah, actress yeah. she had a big year uh mayor was good mayor's on my honorable mentions um what do you have at three my three is ted lasso so we could talk ted lasso okay. now i didn't put it you know it was i think it was my number one show of 2020 yep it was my number one of 2020 it, we needed it in that time i don't think it you know we like needed it as much this year but i think it had some amazing episodes the christmas episode with roy oh, I and that. his I hate that episode it, it just yeah there was a disconnect i thought the second half of the season was incredible when um, we're going to spoil maybe Ted Lasso a little bit here, but if you don't, if you've never seen it, it, this won't mean anything to you. But when Roy comes back, that scene where he's kind of running to get back. I, I mean, I had tears in my eyes. It was really emotional this season. I really enjoyed it, but the first yeah. half was very weak. It was so the first half of the season. The reason why I had it at eight, not higher up, which would probably be higher up on everyone else's list is because that it was like trying way too hard at times to be like extra corny. Yeah. And like, that's why all Americans at number 10 on my list is because it's corny and that's the kind of show that it is. And like, that's just what the show is. But Ted Lasso doesn't need to be extra showy and corny. Like sometimes they would throw in lines that were not necessary. They were just trying to be like, 
oh, like off the cuff, like didn't kind of kind of moment. And it was just kind of unnecessary at times. I didn't love the whole Sam o- Obasanye and um, uh, I liked it. Rebecca, I, I liked it. Rebecca and, yeah, and, and Rebecca plot. Like I, I didn't like it. it. Like it was fine. Yeah. But it kind of took, it kind of developed. The, the only, the, the only thing about Ted Lasso that they really, the writers really copped out with Lawrence and, uh, and Sudeikis is they could have dove in to this entire plot of having a sports team represented by either terrorists or bad people. And they kind of mentioned it. Remember, Sam is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to black out our jerseys, which really happened in America, all around the country. Teams were kneeling at the national anthems and drawing lines through their jerseys. And then it just went away. And they just changed their, their, remember, they just changed their sponsor. We never heard back from that old white guy who called Rebecca threatening to, to fire Sam. It just all went away very nicely and cleanly. And they never dove into the civil rights discussion involved with Africa. And that, that was the true. only cop out um, of the season, in my opinion. But let's keep going here. Wrap this up soon. I've got succession at two. Where do you have succession? I have succession at one. And okay, I so we'll talk about two. See, I have squid game one. So there we go. All right. This has perfect. not been discussed. I love it. Very loose and organic. Uh, why don't we talk squid game first then? Squid game to me is the, is the best show of the year. Very because, good. Because, because of where it came from. That's my opinion. Where it came from, one and two, is just different. Like it's yes. like, like the way that like like the production, the colors, and every scene. The fact that it was like a seven-year-old script that was supposed to be a movie turned into right. a show. I mean, where it came from, like it came from out of nowhere, not like it came from Korea. That's what I meant. Where it, we knew Succession no, no. was going to be at the top of our list before the year, right? I agree. I agree. I meant yeah. that it came out of nowhere, and, I, yeah. and like the whole story behind it, and like all the actors who just came up from it, like they were all nothing really, and like their their life has just gone crazy out of it but squid game great show squid game yeah i mean it's just one of those again where maybe josh and i you know if if enough of you kind of reach out we can maybe have a deeper discussion but i don't want to talk about it because i know so many people who haven't watched it yet that i want you to just see it organically don't look into it don't read about what it's about don't watch a trailer just turn on the first episode make sure it's on the original korean settings watch it with subtitles and just enjoy it and and we'll leave it at that that's my number one but succession was perfect it was a per- it was a great perfect. season it was a perfect it finish it wouldn't have been here if it were not for the ending they didn't stick it if they didn't if they just kept us dragging along right and yeah. roman decides that he's going to still be with the dad it's a whole different thing but they stuck the landing again we'll try to keep it semi-broad we don't need to go too deep into you know specifics but it, at this point if you haven't seen succession at all then us talking about the end of season what is this right. three isn't isn't really going to do too much but we we, we had our succession talk right when the finale finished right you can go back and listen to josh and i break down what we thought about tom and shiv and everything and it's an episode josh where i would go back and watch that finale like five times this year i will because you'll see something different every time just the finale because there was so much going on so many moving pieces it was really well done do you have any honorable mentions i didn't have any honorable mentions i guess i can put like big mouth and flight attendant there like I like relatively speaking, I didn't like the the seasons. Rick and Morty too would be would be an honorable mention, but yeah, nothing really. For me, it was uh, White Lotus on HBO, the Mike White show during you know the middle of the pandemic. That was enjoyable. Uh, the Chair on Netflix with Sandra O oh was really good, and then uh, and Loki was uh, was the only Disney show I wanted to really give a little bit of credit to because I thought they stuck the landing. A lot of the Disney shows were fun, but had bad endings like WandaVision and uh, and. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye was average, but uh, 
but I, I thought that Loki was was really enjoyable, and I can't wait for season two. And obviously, we'll have a we'll have a ton more shows to discuss as it goes on. But Josh and I will keep our sights set on Peaky as the the, the the calendar turns to February for you all soon. So keep tabs and make sure to go check us out over on patreon.com slash by order of Peaky to see all of our bonus content. Josh and I just recorded an episode a few days ago that broke down. We had bold predictions set setting the scene for the Peaky Blinders stuff. And we also did a reaction podcast on the trailer but the biggest one is that we just started our season five rewatch. Episode one is available on Patreon. So for just $5, you can hear us break down every episode of season five with hindsight, with spoilers, everything involved. And uh, we're excited to check out episode two with the Billy Boys coming up soon. So make sure to stay tuned. He's Josh. I'm Daniel. And we binge so you don't have to.